Hey everyone, this is episode 6 of the Traveling Developer Podcast. In my couple previous episodes, I focus on cryptocurrency and specific ones of Bitcoin and Ethereum and the high level view of what cryptocurrency, blockchain, and Bitcoin are. Um, but this is called the Traveling Developer Podcast, uh, so I want to do another section of specific locations that I've been to. I already made a, an episode on my top five locations and a quick a little intro about each of those five, but I want to go a little bit deeper detail into my specific locations, uh, places that I've been. I'm not going to talk about places that I haven't been yet because uh, I feel like it really depends. You have to witness it yourself or see these things for yourself before you talk about it, Um, and I just love traveling, so this is another reason to keep on traveling and going to new destinations so I can talk about them. Um, So... If you listen to it, my number one on my top five list destinations was Hong Kong. So I'm going to focus on Hong Kong this episode and why it was my favorite. Um, do keep in mind, I feel like uh, whenever I have such high expectations for a place, it's just hard to beat those expectations in your own mind. So it all depends how you're going into it. You have to have an open mind, uh, meet new people, new experiences, be open to new things. And that's key when traveling. And I think one of my favorite things about traveling is just being uncomfortable and (laughs) trying to figure out. I know it sounds weird, but trying to figure out my way around. Um, And this Hong Kong was a special place in my heart because it was the first time I was in Asia. Uh, I went there with my brother, and it was just an awesome time. I think I was there for five or six days. And I would absolutely go back. And I'm going to go over some reasons why. So a little bit about the trip itself. It was a 13-hour flight, direct flight from New York City to Hong Kong. And Hong Kong is one of the largest financial centers in all of Asia. Uh, It also has one of the largest airports and nicest airports in all of Asia. Um, So if you have to lay over there, there's a lot of relatively cheap flights. Let me say that. Um, you would think you would have to pay $1,000 to get to anywhere in Asia since it is, no matter where you're going, it's going to be a long-ass flight. Uh, But Hong Kong specifically, since it has such a large airport and since so many people are flying into it, specifically from New York or from L.A., um, if you fly out of one of those cities, you could find flights around five, six hundred dollars I believe mine would have been five fifty, but I got it for free using credit card points. Um, I can make a whole other episode on how I did that. I do get a question, a lot of questions on that, but I'll save that for another episode. So I would say, even if you were just paying cash, you'd absolutely get a flight for five fifty. Um, but the key is being flexible. If you're gonna fly home on a Sunday night, expect to pay over a thousand dollars. So. The key is being flexible, not with just Hong Kong, but with just travel in general. So it was a 13-hour flight, got there. I think I I love telling this story. We got there um, at 11, 12 o'clock at night. I expected to not be able to speak the language to anyone. And at first, uh, I couldn't. We went to, uh, got a taxi from the airport just because I didn't really know the, the public transportation system. And our driver didn't speak any English. I kind of just pointed on a, a map, which is the great thing about Google Maps and traveling. You could set it on 
away mode and it still works. It still knows where your GPS location is. So I just pointed on the map and figured just tell us to drop us off around here and we'll figure out the hotel. Got the hotel, super nice. Um, people there spoke English, so we were able to ask them of places they would suggest to eat um, at 11, 12 o'clock at night. So they gave a suggestion. There wasn't that much open, so we checked it out. Come to find out, not a single person, whether they're eating or walking by or working there, spoke English. So we, me and my brother just picked things on the menu that had photos. So it was kind of a safe bet. There's no English transla translation. And we got something that looked like chicken, I think, um, and beef. The beef was amazing. It was just sliced beef. So that was, that was a pretty safe bet. Um, but come to find out, the chicken was uh, chicken parts. Uh, I don't know if it's normal. Actually, I, I do know it's normal now. Um, they don't waste any part of the chicken. Uh, but it was specifically just the parts. So you couldn't just like eat like the chicken breast or like a chicken wing. This is basically all the parts that no one else wants to eat in the U.S. So um, right away, that was quite a shocker. But I'm not going to lie. It was pretty tasty. And I think the ones with the most meat was probably the chicken butt. Good stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, that, was, <laughs> that was a great start to the trip already. No one speaking English. And really, that was the, the last time the entire trip that we had issues uh, with communication because after that everywhere else we went um, we had at least one person that spoke English or at least tried to speak English um, at least of course we didn't know that language at all and just for five days being there it's hard to learn a whole new language just for a couple of days um, but I would recommend trying to learn any language trying to learn thank you you're welcome and like how to get to a certain place like how do I get here in another language and that's that'll take you so far by itself um, so when we came in Hong Kong, we didn't really have any, any plans. I had a friend that lived there for two years, so she gave me a bunch of suggestions, but the suggestion I would give to people the first day, um, in any place, but specifically Hong Kong is just get on the subway and just take different stops. There's Hong Kong is based on a couple of different islands. So each part of the islands have a different feel to them. And to really get up and close and kind of see what's going around each of those areas is just literally just getting on the subway. And the subway system is amazing, um, so much better than anything we have in the United States. I think the only thing that might be better is the, I've heard that the subway in Tokyo is phenomenal and like spotless. Uh, even the Hong Kong was, was spotless. You weren't allowed to eat or drink. Everyone queued up in the lines to get on the subway. There weren't huge groups of people pushing each other like you would be in New York City. Um, so the whole experience of that was amazing. Um, I would suggest getting the octopus card and you could either get like a, a one day pass or a three day pass or you could just pay by the ride. But for the first day um, or the first couple days, I would plan out so that you're just getting on and off the subway because it's super cheap and it's the best way to get around, the fastest way to get around. Um, I would not recommend taking a taxi at all, especially even from the airport. So, like I said, I didn't really know the situation coming from the airport, so I just took a taxi. But on the way back, we there's a there's a train that goes directly from the central stop, which is the main stop in Hong Kong, directly to the airport, and it's only a 30 minute train ride for about seven dollars each. Um, so super cheap. Super easy, 
you don't need to take any taxis at all. Public transportation will take you basically everywhere in the city, and you can just walk the rest from there. Um, so one of the main sections um, to stay would be either the Central or Central District and Lan Kwai Fang. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Um, I never knew. But so Central, we were there quite a bit. It has a lot of expats. So if you want to speak to some Americans or specifically a lot of people from London uh, work in Hong Kong out of the, the their Hong Kong office, but they're from London. Uh, that's what I noticed, and they're all in Central. And Central is like kind of the downtown area, tons of like expensive stores, expensive restaurants. But there's also like some side restaurants, like very chill places, all amazing food. Um, I will say Hong Kong isn't exactly cheap, but you could absolutely get by if you like find your way around different restaurants. And I think the best way to find some places is literally just walk around. Um, I think that's some of the best part. That's the best part about these cities that you could just get around with public transportation because if you can't walk that far, you just pu take public transportation and walk through areas that you normally wouldn't see or find taking a taxi or other parts of transportation. Um, and that's how I find some of my favorite stuff in any location. So Central District is a good place to stay. Probably the most expensive place. They have a lot of high-rises. Um, maybe some Airbnb apartments, and like I said, very downtown, like kind of a like midtown New York or business district. Um, and then Lan Kwai Fung, on the other hand, is the party district basically. So if you want to go out at night, uh, go to some bars, some restaurants, some small bars and restaurants, which are really good, um, and they don't just have Chinese food or types of Asian food. They have all types of food all over the world. It's it's just like New York in that they just take. There's so many different people from all over the world that come and live in Hong Kong that there's just influences from all over the place. So you could have amazing food from basically anywhere in the world. Um, and then Lan Kwai Fong is it's just a great part, place to like go out at night, go out at eleven o'clock at night, walk from bar to bar. Uh, there's one street specifically I can't remember the name of it in Lan Kwai Fong where. Within, I think, a quarter mile, there's about 20 bars, and they all have, it's super warm there um, almost all year round. It doesn't, never gets really cold. Um, it's more of a tropic weather. Um, so I would keep that in mind uh, because it was super hot the first couple of days, and towards the end, it got beautiful. I don't know. I can't really comment on what's normal or not, but it does absolutely get hot. Um, and then... Other than just walking around, you have to try a bunch of the street food places. So I think Hong Kong has the most uh, Michelin star street uh, restaurants in the world. And you got to get some egg waffles. Uh, you got to get some more chicken parts. Um, just literally anything. Just try new things. Um, and then one specific restaurant I have to recommend is it's a, ch it's a chain now, but it's called Ch Tim Ho Wan and it started in Hong Kong, but now it has, I think like 40 something destinations around the world. Uh, and one just opened up in New York city, but it's the cheapest, the cheapest Michelin star restaurant in the world, or at least it was, I think it got dethroned by a cheaper one, but even so maybe the second cheapest 
Michelin star restaurant in the world. And if you don't know, the Michelin star is given to restaurants, like the best restaurants around the world, and they're typically pretty expensive. Um, if you're going to a super high-end restaurant uh, with amazing food, you're going to expect to pay extra money. Uh, but Tim Ho Wan keeps it super cheap. Uh, me and my brother basically ordered, I'm not exaggerating, 80% of the menu. Um, we couldn't even finish. We couldn't even come close to finishing at all. And the food just kept on coming. There wasn't enough space on the table, and it was all amazing. It's dim sum. Just try everything. It's all so so good. Um, and then. For activities, I'd have to recommend. I think some of my favorite, some of my favorite trips. There's always that one moment of like an amazing view of the city and just relaxing with a beer, or not even a beer, or just like chilling and watching the sunset or rise. I'm not, I'm not gonna wake up that early for the sunrise. So let's go with sunset. Um, and one of those places is Victoria's Peak. Um, we kind of, we didn't know where to go. So we were just walking towards Victoria Peak, and we ended up hiking up it, um, only to find out there is a tram car that goes straight up it, and we would have saved like an hour and a half. But I don't, I don't regret it. It was still, I mean, I was dripping sweat. I wish I could find that that Snapchat video that I posted, but <laughs> I was dripping sweat. But it is so rewarding getting getting to the top and seeing the skyline of Hong Kong. And in my opinion, I think it's the most amazing skyline in the world you have mountains in the back in the back and in the front so green mountains in the middle you have the cities that are kind of cramped into whatever parts of the mountain that are semi-flat um, there are a lot of hills in hong kong so whatever's buildable what area is buildable they build on top of it and they build ginormous sky rises and then there's water, there's blue water. And then on the other side of the blue water is another part of the city. So another island of Hong Kong. And then more mountains behind that. And Victoria Peak is uh, it's just an amazing view. I don't really know of a better way to put it. Um, there is a rooftop bar at, I'm drawing a blank right now, but it's at a hotel hotel bar. Um, which also has an amazing view, but it's, I got a little frustrated because it got really packed. It was during the week, so I can't imagine it during the weekend. And yeah, I was like pacing back and forth for spots along the window and it took like an hour and a half, but I digress. It was still amazing. Um, so you can see the, the skyline from different points of view. Um, what else? You got to take the Star Ferry. Uh, so most of the time you're just going to take the subway from island to island because it obviously goes underground from island to island. But I would just take the Star Ferry one time and just take a nice cruise along the river and see the, the skyline from, from, the, uh, from the water. And it's super cheap. Um, it's not like a uh, it's not a touristy thing. It's People use it before the subway was in place. People would use it to get from island to island. And it's still in um, use today. Uh, and then the Tintan Buddha, definitely not saying that right, but the Big Buddha. Uh, so this one's a little further away. You have you can take the subway there. I think it was about a half hour or 45 minutes from Central or downtown Hong Kong and is the second largest Buddha in the world. 
apparently on the same trip we saw the largest which is in bangkok and the second largest which is in hong kong buddhas in the world um without without trying i guess that's kind of cool i don't know why but <laughs> um but it's this beautiful it's on the top of a mountain on this monastery beautiful view super chill there's a bunch there's like a little town before um so you have to take the subway to a like a a sky rail which takes you to the top of the mountain which has amazing views and it's a lot quieter a lot more chill um there's some restaurants and we went to a tea bar i don't i don't know what the correct name for that is but place that only sells tea and i love tea and i just tried i think four or five different ones and it was so chill just relaxing um would absolutely recommend going to the big buddha as well and what else i think that's the main things oh and then um obviously going down to like just checking out the different districts they have um a lot of shopping in lang kwai fung i think it is uh, there's a lot, there's a huge, I think there's sneaker alley. Um, oh, and of course, last thing I did not expect to do this when I was there, but literally every single corner had a tailor. So the idea is you go to Hong Kong, Hong Kong got really large because of the financial district. So people from all over the world would come to Hong Kong and they would need a suit made last minute. And from that over years and years all these custom tailors would come to hong kong and since there's so many of them and they're all amazing it's super cheap to get a custom tailored suit um everything else in hong kong is expensive except for the suits and they're awesome so i think i spent like 550 dollars for two custom tailored suits and i'm telling you this is like they roll off the fabric from a huge roll of fabric um, and then create a whole suit just from that. And I don't really wear suits that much, but now that I have custom ones, I try to use any excuse available to wear them. So that is, if I go back to Hong Kong, actually when I go back to Hong Kong, um, definitely getting more suits because it's my favorite suit. It fits perfectly and I get comments on it all the time. I look fly as fuck. <laughs> um, so that's Hong Kong there's so much more other than that I didn't even cover but those are all the top things that stood out in my mind and would absolutely recommend doing for anyone else traveling there and next one the next destination one I think I'm going to do maybe Barcelona somewhere in Spain but tune in for the next one I'm going to cover a bunch of different cities in individual episodes so hope you enjoyed it